0: Thank you everyone. Um, what a beautiful day. The Holy Spirit has certainly been present. Um, thank you, Cindy, for sharing a um, spirit-led slice of real life and a wonderful Holy Spirit gift of proclamation of God's wondrous, God's mighty deeds. the Holy Spirit lifting person up and moving moving us to visit someone or to do or still small voice to 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 do something. So thank you. Gail and Anna, Eric, for our music as well. This COVID time has been kind of a time of restriction, hasn't it? Some mitigations. And my spiritual director this week reflected on the relationship of restrictions and Holy Spirit-led experience. These are more with less times. Times of exile. Now the Jesus community in our Acts text was hunkered down waiting. They are not sure of direction. And the prophet Joel's community, we'll get to this text, was under duress as well. They had limitations. And we've also been in a more with less time So we're gathered this morning as the Acts 2 community was gathered. They're gathered together waiting for power. They are discerning a way forward. They're seated down. They're sitting with it. They are not relying on their own productivity or goals. What's at stake in this text? Well, life and well-being, a future. This is what is at stake. The sermon will focus on the Holy Spirit in Acts 2, 1 to 21, the marks, the manifestations of the Spirit's presence for the common good to build up this community. Holy Spirit, we are gathered all together just as the community in Acts 2. Thank you for being with us also and for illuminating our text so it is understandable. The celebration of Pentecost was a festival 50 days after Passover that celebrated the wheat harvest at the juncture of May and June. Uh, In our church calendar, Jesus' ascension was May 13. That's 10 days ago. So this is only um, seven weeks after Jesus' crucifixion. And this community had been waiting, sitting with it for 10 days, waiting for Jesus' promise of power. This is a volatile situation. Jesus had re- just recently been crucified. Now remember that Jesus made some remarks about the temple structure and about the law that the high priestly families who ran the temple certainly misconstrued or misinterpreted. And they no doubt thought their lucrative temple market again was in jeopardy by these people's presence. Remember Jesus went into this market. This was what led to his death. And there was a big theological issue here. They did not believe in resurrection. And the apostles said the ruling family and Pilate and Herod acted in ignorance. This must have made them furious. Caiaphas and Pilate were collaborators. Pilate had his office in the temple compound. Caiaphas and Pilate did not want this group trespassing on the temple premises. Soon the apostles will be ordered not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. So this is the context in which this group is gathered. Let's begin with our text. This is printed. And when the day of Pentecost came, all were together at the same place. And from heaven a noise suddenly came about just as a forcible wind being driven and filled the whole house where they were seated down. Now the sounds of these words are lost in translation. The sounds of these words are like a whining wind blowing. They were all together in one place, perhaps 120 of them. This is not a privatized or individual experience. This occurs in community, communal. They had been waiting for 10 days in retreat. This is an abrupt and unscheduled event, sudden but not unexpected. Jesus had promised this. Jesus told them they would receive power. Continuing with our text, and tongues as of a fire which were being distributed became visible to them and rested on each one of them and all were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with different languages as the Spirit was giving to them to declare loudly. Tongues were being distributed like fire and became visible, distributed to a series of persons. These were tongues that were spreading like fire. Now the Holy Spirit is not the sound of wind nor tongues spreading like fire. This is symbolic language, imagery, metaphor. You know, in Revelation, Jesus is pictured as a lamb. Jesus is not a lamb, we know this, but this is imagery. The intent with these special effects or metaphors is to create a vivid impression of the Spirit's presence. This is Robert Wall in the New Interpreter's Bible. Sound of wind and tongues spreading like fire. I'm going to digress just a bit and then come back to this imagery and symbolism. Kirstine Kim in her book, The Holy Spirit in the World, A Global Conversation, notes three ways of thinking about the Holy Spirit. The first is to see this as the first appearance of the Holy Spirit. I would caution you against that. That's not really a biblical view. Our beginning song this morning talked about spirit moving in creation. This is an excellent song. Acts 2 is new life, new direction, but not a new spirit. The second is to see the Holy Spirit as associated with Jesus. The Holy Spirit brought about Jesus' birth. The Holy Spirit uh, descended on Jesus at his baptism and led Jesus into the wilderness, uh, anointed Jesus when he preached his sermon in Nazareth. Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit on the disciples in John. The emphasis in the fourth gospel is on the love and unity shared by Father, Son, and Spirit in which we are included. So love and unity. Well, this is a good way to think about it. But I think a third and more helpful way is to see the Holy Spirit already present in the second verse of the Bible in creation. A wind of God swept over the face of the waters. The wind is not God but represents God's power, God's Spirit. This is life. So sort of love and unity, but also life. The Hebrew word here is ruach, blowing, breath, wind, present in Genesis 1-2, God creating. It says unseen power, uh, as Gail was talking about, we can't see it, wind and spirit, wind and spirit, both meanings. So God's ruach in creativity, unity, love, but also in prophecy, proclamation or preaching. God's spirit came upon people or prophets. In our Ezekiel text, which Anna read, come from the four winds, O breath, ruach, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. Dry bones come to life. Prophet Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed. This is Jesus' text for his sermon in Nazareth, Luke 4. Prophet Joel has a vision of God's ruach coming on all flesh, including daughters, sons, slaves, leading to visions and dreams. When the Old Testament was translated into Greek and in the New Testament, the word is pneuma. Uh, This is where we get our English word pneumatic. The Holy Spirit is God, always has been. This is a big view of the Holy Spirit, a view of life. Getting back to our imagery, the sound of wind is an image of God in creation. Fire represents God's acceptance, affirmation, presence, light for guidance, inspiration, and glory. It's like the burning bush or Mount Sinai. Even the Torah is described, the dark letters in the text as fire burning. This is powerful symbolic language. God has showed up in a difficult situation. All were filled communal, not privatized. The verb to declare loudly emphasizes sound, forcefulness. The Holy Spirit enabled them to speak and understand other languages. Everything we do is by the Holy Spirit, by means of the Holy Spirit. Continuing with our text, and Judeans were living in Jerusalem, God-fearing men from every nation on earth. Now when the sound arose, the populace gathered and were confounded, confounded because they, each one in his own language, were hearing them speaking. They were astounded, confounded and astounded, and wondered, saying, look, the ones speaking are all these not Galileans? And how is it possible that we are hearing, each one of us in her or his own language with which we were born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the ones who are inhabiting Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, the parts of Libya towards Cyrene, and the Roman citizens from Rome, Judeans and also converts who are in town, visiting inhabitants of the island of Crete and Arabs, hearing them speaking with our languages the mighty deeds of God. And all kept being astounded, the same word again, verb, and greatly perplexed, one saying to the other, what does this mean? So in Jerusalem lived God-fearing faithful people from all over and having various languages. The Holy Spirit is inclusive communal and inclusive. They understood each other. They were speaking the mighty deeds of God loudly. The populace continued to be astounded, to marvel, to be greatly perplexed. There are similar verbs here. The verb in purple here is astounded. has the meaning of being blown away, thinking something is surreal. Astonishment mingled with fear. The word confounded means agitated or confused. Wondered means astonished, marveled greatly perplexed. They were at a loss, some of them. And all kept being astounded and greatly perplexed, one saying to the other, what does this mean? But others, laughing in scorn, were saying that they had been filled with sweet new wine. So some were not open to the new life emerging. Hopefully, they were those who were cut to the heart after Peter's sermon. I play a little trick on you. the are Three verbs I put in blue here. Uh, those are all different verbs wind filling the room is a different verb from being completely filled with the Holy Spirit and that's a different verb from being filled with new wine this verb completely filled with the Holy Spirit we find in also chapter 4, 8 and 31 completely filled, everyone Then Peter, after standing with the twelve, lifted up his voice and declared to them with urgency, esteemed Judeans and all those inhabiting Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen carefully to my words, for these persons are not drunk as you are assuming, for it is the third hour of the day, but this is that which was told through the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last time, says God, from my spirit I will pour out on every person, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your older ones shall dream dreams, and in those days, even on my male slaves and on my female slaves, I will pour out from my spirit Ruach, Numa, and they shall prophesy, and I shall cause wonders in the heaven above and portents on the earth below, blood red and fire and steaming smoke. The sun will be changed into darkness and the moon to blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes, and it will come about that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Joel means the Lord is God. Is thought to have been a fifth century before Christ's prophet, who in the context of a plague of locusts, we've seen pictures on TV of locusts overrunning villages or countries. He calls for a return to God. This is a stressed community. Joel's strong imagery, symbolic language, also fits Peter's Pentecost community with arrests and persecution imminent, and it fits us coming out of a viral plague. Peter is quoting the signs and portents section of Joel. What we have here is spirit led scriptural interpretation. Now God is fulfilling God's purpose of salvation through Jesus, who is raised. Peter says, Listen carefully, give ear to my words. The good news for Peter's hearers and us is that yes, the Lord is God, and God as spirit is poured out with power on everyone, regardless of age, gender, or social status. This is for everyone, young and old. Each generation, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. At the center of this new life of spirit outpouring is prophecy or preaching. A movement of empowered and illumined proclamation. That's what we've heard this morning from Cindy as she shares. Spirit-led proclamation of God's goodness. Peter said at the end of his sermon, Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus so that your sins may be forgiven and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and a new life of justice, mutual aid, and sharing followed. God's Pentecost community is still alive. We at Metamore Mennonite Church are part of it. Holy Spirit is present, Scripture is interpreted, and there is proclamation and joy. This is the good news. So finally, what are our transformational goals, or applications? This is not any e- unique event from a long time ago. This is communal, it's understandable. God's ongoing presence with us. What then shall we do? Only by the Holy Spirit, by God's presence, we can stick together. All of the people were together we can sit and wait for power from on high. Being still knowing that God is God, being centered, being not doing. Being here all together is enough. We can let go of our goal drivenness and anxiety. The best thing to do at sometimes might be nothing. for just a moment here I think um, Michael are you okay